Attention everyone, the unpleasant truths you're about to hear are not a mistake. The realest show on the planet. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect management or its sponsors. This is Willie D Live with your host, Willie D. Welcome to Willie D Live. We're about to go in with Seven the Poet, but before we do, as always, we like to start the show off with a bit of good news. This good news moment is brought to you by Good Spine Comes Out of Tennessee, where the CEO of a Boys and Girls Club of Monroe County, Tennessee, is donating his entire salary to help underprivileged children attend the club and provide holiday bonuses for the staff. Monroe Area CEO Dr. Anthony Tricoli said that he will be giving up his entire salary at the end of the month. I think this is just another great example of Dr. Coley's dedication in our Boys and Girls Club, Board of Directors Chairman Paul Wilson said. He has always looked to add value to our club, our community, and most importantly, Monroe County's children. And this is just another great example of his dedication to serving all those. There are others right now who I know need it more than I do. This is my way of helping those in our club who need more assistance just like my family was when I was a kid growing up. Plus, I want to assure that our staff members are properly thanked for their work. Tricoli told the board in the letter how much an organization like the Boys and Girls Club means to him on a personal level. This organization means a lot to me, especially because of the very similar opportunity I had when I was a kid, he wrote. As a young boy, every day after school and on weekends, I hopped on my Stingray bicycle and rode to the Boys Club of Fullerton, California. That was for about six years when I was growing up. I have never forgotten the opportunities the Boys Club provided to me. For me, the club was a safe haven, the place where all the worries I had went away. It was a place where I could be just a kid. In the last four years, I have seen how happy the children are as they fly through the doors each and every day after school. They can hardly wait to get inside and see what our staff members have prepared for them. As they say, it takes a village to raise a child. And I salute Tricoli and what he and others are doing at Boys and Girls Clubs all around America, including the one that I went to in Houston, for doing the right thing by our kids and giving them a better chance at life. For more goodly, good daily uh, news stories, along with motivational encouraging content, upload the Good Spy app iTunes or Google Play. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, author, speaker, motivational speaker, yeah. teacher, Seven to Port is in the building. What's up? What's up, baby What's boy? Up? How really you feeling, man? Man, you know, I'm feeling great. Uh, New Year's upon us. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, nothing, and I'm sorry, although I was late. They don't know that, man. I was yeah. going to skip right over that. Yeah, I ain't tripping though. But let me tell you, though. It felt good when I answered the phone. Yeah, nigga, Willie D just called me, man. I finna. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because my partner was there. Right, I got right. on up and got it. You know, came on over, man. But it's an honor to be here, man. I appreciate you, man. I'm going to tell you something, man. I, I'm sitting in the company of greatness. Now, a lot of people who've heard you, they know what you're about. Mm-hmm. But some of the people who hadn't had a chance, I am about to unleash greatness on you motherfuckers today. I'm telling you. I'm finna unleash greatness. Y'all, today you're in for a blessing 
analessing. This man is a quintessential storyteller. Man, how, like, like you're, you're a teacher. I mean, you, you literally are a teacher. Yeah, you know, in real life. And, and, and how did this come about? Like, like you, first of all, you, you started, did you always know that you wanted to be a teacher? Man, nah. You, you know, I think uh, the teacher thing, just, I was, I'm the oldest in my generation mm-hmm. in the family. You know, uh, right now, the, old, the generation, uh, they're transitioning, and a lot of questions are coming to me. So okay. I always had to teach my cousins or how to put this together or, hey, program. You know, when we were kids, you were the remote. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So with that, you have to understand how to work the TV. I've always been a teacher in the family. You know, uh, one of my family's favorite pastimes, as corny as it may seem, they 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 gonna they gonna slam them bones, but my grandmother and them play Scrabble, bro. And, right. and so that ain't corny, man. I beat the hell out of some doctors and engineers man, at Scrabble, it, man. Yeah. So you know, and when you a kid, you wanna you wanna see what the grown ups right. see. So uh, man, my grandfather would be like, if you can read the newspaper, you can come closer to the table. It was steps. You okay. Know what I mean? Huh. When I got to the table, I still couldn't play. I was the dictionary dude. Right. So if they challenged right, each other right. on a word, the authenticity of a word, I had to find that word. Right. But I'm four, five years old. Right. Man, that, that began my uh, affection with words. Right. You know, and, um, you know, coming out of Prairie View, I got into some Prairie trouble. Prairie View A&M University? and yep. University. Yeah. I got in some trouble my senior year, mm-hmm. you know, so I couldn't get the internship that I wanted. And I never forget, man, I did all them years in school uh, to work in the field of social work and psychology. Which you have uh, dual degrees in. Right. Yeah. But now with this, this uh, blemish on my record, I, can't, I couldn't work. Man, I ended up, uh, a friend of mine, his mother worked. Wait a minute, you're saying you have the degrees but you can't work in the field? Because I, because I had a felony. I had a felony, man. Now that now see that's one of those, one of those uh, cases that Obama should have been trying to. And, and, and this thing, once again though, uh, the officers because the conflict was between me and law enforcement, mm-hmm. and what they neglect they underestimated my ability with that pen. Mm-hmm. When I got finished, I mean, I was good, I was free, you know. But it's still when you walking into uh, a place of employment. And you got to fill a paper out. When they do that background check and that felony come up, they won't give you a job. So is the felony off your record now? No. I'm going to help you get it off. I appreciate it. I'm going to help you. No, seriously. I'm going to help you get it off. Mark my words. I know somebody who cold-blooded. Okay. With it. Okay. You know, you, and I'm saying, I'm only saying this now. I don't want y'all to be getting no influx of dudes just say, man, help me get my felony off too. Help me. <laughs> no, no, no. You have paid your debt to society in spades. I appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? You have paid. I mean, I for, all, for all that you do. And I, what, I, what I really like about you, man, is your passion. Like, your passion for the community, but specifically the youth. Like, the, man, you got this. I mean, it's, 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 all, it's, it's written all, who said it had the song written all over my face? You know, it's written all over your face. But okay. that's, that's you, man. It's written all over your face when you talk about the youth. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, 
in the 80s, bro, to me, that was, that was golden. Mm-hmm. And I know some people are always saying, nah, I'm a 70s kid, I'm a 60s kid, whatever, man. In the 80s, man, break dancing, they just come out. Uh, we were starting to explore hip hop. Hip hop was growing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was just a good time. And I was the kid who didn't have a lot. You know, so now when I see them kids, and I know that the coldest property that they have is their intellectual property. But they don't know, they don't know the value of what's going on in their brains, right. man. I mean, so, you know, trying to, and because I'm a street kid, when I talk to other kids from the street and they pick up on it, they'll be like, oh, I have a level of communication that only experience could have taught me. You know how that go, weird. Yeah. Okay? This but, side, you know. But it's something else, though, it's easy to pick up off of you also is that when, when you move around, you got a certain kind of swag about yourself that most teachers ain't got. I know teachers shouldn't have to have swag, but I know it helps to attract the youth to you and it makes them listen to you more. Yeah, I mean. Let's- and you clean. You be clean. I ain't talking about swag like pants hanging off the butt trying to be like them. Oh, nah. You you don't try to dress like them. You make them dress like you. You right. make them look at you, look up, and they're like, you know what? I want to dress like. Right. You, you what do they call you, Mr. What? Mr. Howard. Mr. Howard. Mr. Howard, <laughs> yeah, man. You got a kid, the kid's an example, you know, and I used to go off in the faculty meetings, and I, some people would get offended. I was like, listen, the first 20 minutes of class should not be spent with you trying to calm them down because you didn't give a damn enough about your appearance before you showed up this morning. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what some of your discipline problems begin. On sight, they don't respect you. Now, I'm not saying, you know, come in there with your pants, hanging off your ass. Now, I'm not saying it. But, man, take some time. Put something into your appearance because you got some kids that are learning from you just visually and what they see you do. Mm-hmm. You gotta show you gotta show these young men how to wear a suit. You gotta show these young ladies how a man is supposed to look when he approaches them. And vice versa. I, just, I mean, I can go on and on about that, but I appreciate the compliment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I go to I I go to school clean. I go to work clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who raised you? Uh, old fashioned man. My grandmother. My grandmother and her sister. You know, yeah. uh, Northern Louisiana people, you know, my grandmother was educated, polished. Her older sister kept a butcher knife, you know, in her, in her back. And, you know, you don't run up on that. She'll handle that. You know what I mean? Now, where is her older sister at now? Oh, I mean, she's passed. She's passed. She, she naturally? Yeah, like, uh, man, I, I think my mate was... 80 when I was born. So, so, so she really, she had the bush knife for protection. She wasn't going out being gangster with it, just trying to, oh, no, she was, wasn't initiating contact. She was just, oh, okay, just to just keep the, the youngsters in line, let them know I'll cut you if I have to. Nah, bro. Remember, the 80s was raw. Them boys fed crack into the hood. Okay. So it wiped out a whole generation. All my older cousins and uncles, all addicted. Mm-hmm. So she had to hold down the fort because the men in our family were addicted. They couldn't protect nothing. So, so how do you feel about the guys who actually fed the crack into the neighborhoods and, and who, who helped to pretty much give us, you know, 
the conditions that we have now. And I talked to little Troy, mm-hmm. and, and Troy was pretty candid about the role that he played. He, and he said, he, right here on this show, he said, man, I'm sorry. He said, I did not know. Mm-hmm. He said, I did not know that what I was doing was going to have this type of long-term effect. Mm-hmm. He, man, you know, how do I feel about the people that did it? Yeah. Man. I mean, how do you feel, how, how do you feel about that? And, and, and how do you tell a youngster also not to do that when his options are so limited, you know, in terms of being able to just get a decent meal? Man, look, I'm a, I'm a minimalist and I'm simple. Mm-hmm. Do the homework. Look around you. If crack did this, the last thing you need to do is go mess with the new drug that they coming out. Because y'all know what Because the they coming out with another one. Man, listen, yeah. bro. Yeah. When the kids started smoking this uh, K2 and it was affecting them like, like, like hard uh, fry trips. Remember how boys get stuck on that fry mm-hmm. back in the day? That K2, that Kush, it's potpourri. But they still selling to the kids because mm-hmm. it's not a, a traceable form of marijuana, so you can't trace it right. in your system. So they smoking and going crazy. Man, ain't nothing wrong with being clean. Ain't nothing wrong with that, you know. Just stay away from it. You ain't gotta do what everybody do. What's the alternative though? We understand stay away from it. But again, you got youngsters out here who they see other kids with the Jordans on and they get teased for having, you know, the kids on or whatever, mm-hmm. or whatever brand of shoes they ain't got the Jordans they get teased Mm -hmm. and not just about it's not just about what they're wearing uh, insufficient uh clothing or whatever uh but or not I won't say insufficient clothing but I I would just say clothing that are not the brand clothing Mm -hmm. but also many of those kids don't have a good meal to come home to, not a meal at all to come home to after they fin- after they get out of school. You know, you, school gonna feed you a couple times a day. Yeah. But after you get out of school, you got the evening. What about those kids? And then they have somebody that said, hey man, take this package right here and bam, you know, now you can make you, you know, $200 a day or $500 a day. You know, I, I cannot say, uh, because isn't that the huge challenge when you when you you're not just dealing with you're not just dealing with kids that that are that that that's coming to school that are just disruptive, you're dealing with kids. Many many of these kids come from insufficient living. I'm not you know what, I'm not gonna sit here and say I never hustled. Right. But it was a long time till I got there. Mm-hmm. What I did do, you know, the the re ups, the ups, the down, the resco, all that. I can't even remember most of that. But man, you know what I remember? When I wanted to go to Astroworld, and mama say, oh, I ain't got it. And I get out there with a bucket and some, and some dishwashing liquid. I'm finna wash these cars and get this money. I get the rake out of my grandfather's shed and walk down the street with that rake and let me rake your yard. Man, I was a hustler, bro. I'll, man, I'll draw some, send it to work with my auntie, mm-hmm. have her make copies color it and so go sell like his paintings but i mean who gonna tell a, a five-year-old kid nah i will give you a dollar for that yeah they, you know what i'm saying i always had an entrepreneurial spirit i don't know i don't know what to say to the kids because i understand you gonna fall under that pressure hey hustle like this 
couple hundred in a day. There go your J's. I get it. All I can say, man, is, you know, be smart. Use your intellectual property. The kids now, they got an opportunity we didn't have, bro. It's money on that internet. It's money on the internet. It's ways to monetize that stuff based, just based on the following that mm-hmm. you have. Now, you and I, we, we cut from a different cloth than everybody else. You know, I think it's safe to say that Willie D ain't finna put on no dress to get no followers. Not only is that uh, safe to say, yeah. but uh, it goes without saying. Yeah. <laughs> you dig what I'm, I'm saying? Not, I'm not finna do yeah. that to get followers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and likes. Right. I really don't care because what I'm going to say is what I'm going to say, and that's me, though. But the kids, they have all, all these dance challenges. Man, come up with a specific plan to push your social media and monetize that. As an advertisement leg, use your numbers to advert, advertise stuff for people. It's so simple. They got so many lanes. They do not have to turn to street living. They don't. I wouldn't. But okay, so, but you, you're you're in the trenches. You you don't just talk to talk. You walk to walk. You're there. You're in the trenches. You you care about the kids. You teach. You love them kids. I know you do. But when you get somebody, you get a let's say you get a 15 year old Willie D walks into your class that mm-hmm. come from a household of abuse, disrespect, mm-hmm. neglect. Mm-hmm. Insufficient income. I walk into your classroom mm-hmm. and you found out, oh, Willie's selling drugs. I heard you selling drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me something that would convince me not to sell those drugs. What do you tell me? To, so that I, I I'm, I'm selling them right now, you know, mm-hmm. and, and now I got a little money in my pocket. In fact, while you talking to me, I'm sitting up in here with $1,500 in my pocket. I ain't never had $1,500 in my life. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you the cliche story. You, you know that only lead to two roads. I'm going to give you that cliche. I'm going to give you that bullshit. Mm-hmm. But then you know what I'm going to do? As, as a, a teacher that's committed to expanding you and pushing you, mm-hmm. you selling dope because you don't know what else to do. I'm going to expose you to some other shit. That's what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Man, my mentor, Eric Cook, i never forget it. Man, I'm 22 years old. Eric says... Hey, need you up at five o'clock in the morning. Need you to ride to Austin with me. I said, all right. I get to his house. It's a team of people. Man, we roll out, hit Austin. We get to Austin by 7.30. Eric teaches a creative writing class to 800 students in a gym. At the end of it, he comes to me and says, those were different schools. They patched together so they could pay me. See, these are all the different checks from the different schools. I saw that man make $10,000 <laughs> in eight hours. Right. You didn't have to tell me nothing else exactly. about writing or speaking. You know what? Exactly. <laughs> you know, one of the best things I, I think that any teacher, any person, any anybody could just tell, not just a youngster, but anybody that's on, on that path of hustling illegally. Mm-hmm. Show them the statistics. Like, if somebody would have showed me, look, this is what happens if right. you do this. And let me show you an example of all the people, the list. Mm-hmm. And this is the way out. And then show them the percentage, the success rate. Mm-hmm. The retirement plan is lousy. 
You know, we got, we're talking about uh, damn near 100%. You, you're, going, you're going to jail for a gang of years or you're going to get killed. But you know what I find with that, Will? Yeah. When, you, when you hit them with the numbers, everybody ain't numbers, people. Yeah. And don't forget the, uh, the complexity of the teenage mind. I'm invincible. Yeah, yeah. That's them. Yeah, yeah. That ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen to me. But again, but again it, now, if, you can't, if, you can't, if you can't show them with those, then you know, you're probably not going to be able to help them. But I'm an odds person. I am a numbers person. Mm -hmm. And when you tell me what the odds are, mm -hmm. <laughs> you give me the odds, you say, right. you say look here, man, uh, the odds of people swimming that ocean right there, getting from one side of the ocean to the next side, is... So bad that we don't. Right. It's so bad, man. We don't. Right. We stop keeping. We we stop it's keeping. Not even on your side it, to yeah, you're not gonna. You're not gonna survive. You're not gonna make it. You, you're gonna. You're gonna die. You're gonna get tired. You're gonna sink. A shark gonna eat your ass up. Something gonna happen. You're not gonna make it. Yeah, I feel that's like that. enough for me to not try to swim. Get in that ocean yeah, and swim. I, that's I, for me though. But let's let's continue this discussion. When I we feel come like back. that about the statistics with marriage. Well, let, <laughs> let, let let's get it. Let's. Get, Let's get into that and some other things when we come back. All right, all right. All right. So this is what I want to do, man. This poetry, I want to know, how did you get into poetry? Like, what came first? Was it, was it the chicken or, 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 the, or the egg? Was it, was, it, was it poetry or teaching first? Uh... Probably poetry, huh? You probably was writing since you were about three or something. <laughs> I, I remember nine. Nine, okay, nine. yeah. I started at nine. Uh, right. You know, okay, boys and girls, we're going to make greeting cards for our family and friends. Mm -hmm. I wrote a rhyme in mine. You know, now on the professional side, and, and you <clears throat> might step on some toes with this, you being who you are as a member of the world famous ghetto boys and if you look in the credits you have an unusual amount of writer credit okay mm -hmm. what happened man i came home bro i was rapping boy stopped calling me to the studio so them flaws got acapella that's all that happened because i was this i was this dude in the studio if you put me on the front of the song, you know how hard you got to write for that second and third verse? Mm -hmm. You don't want to give me the bridge because, I mean, it's my song. You give me the end. Who went first and second? You stop. I was a problem in the studio. That's what I wanted to ask you, man. Like, it seemed like to me you're so versatile with your writing. Even like the poetry that you do, you know, you can go from uh, a Jesus piece to... Big Mama, I believe. What's the name of that, that poem you have? Old, Old School, school yeah. Oh, there you go. Old School Mama. You can go from that. That's pretty versatile. Like, I've always wondered, have you ever tried rap? Yeah. You know, uh, and my style of rap is the Battle MC, South Park Coalition, you know, mm -hmm. K-Reno. Shouts out to the SPC. Right. But uh, that's how I get down with the super hardcore lyrical rap attack. I'm going to kill mm -hmm. you a million ways with my microphone. Right. Yeah. It was a problem. And then, you know, when gangster rap came out, because I was already uh, a student of hip hop, mm -hmm. you know, that was gangster rap was easy to do. Right. Everybody died in the song, and you ride to the sunset rich. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. 
it was it was an easy, especially when you had seen it. Mm-hmm. If you was from Bel Air trying to gangster rap, if you was from Fifth Ward, if you was from Sunnyside, if you was from South Park, it wasn't no problem because you, right. you lived in it. You know what I'm saying? So all you had to do was write about what you visualized. Well, I never forget, man. After I got to college, uh, one one of my most profound moments of clarity, I was like, damn. There are more people who do not have guns than there are people with guns. They go back to that statistic thing. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, you shot yourself in the foot, boss? You talking about guns and killing people? The people that's listening to you can't relate because they're not living that life. Mm-hmm. It was part of the wake-up call. You know, man, I was one of those dudes. 16 to the Beltway. 45 to 288. That was my box. I didn't leave that box. Mm-hmm. So when I ventured out for the first time as an adult and found a whole new world, man, everybody don't talk like they from Sunnyside. Everybody doesn't speak like that. That is not everybody's general function to talk about killing and drug dealing. And, and I, had to, I had to get myself together. And then I had to see that, oh, this education, this is where you apply this, the public education, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. you're sitting in class, you listening, but you like, what, when I'm supposed to use this? Right. You know what I'm saying? This, 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 you're trying to steal a Pyrex so you ain't got to go buy one, you know what I mean? Right. Out of right. science class. But all that spelling, all that reading, all that be able, being able to write an outline, college, that's, that's when it, I finally got, oh, for this and I applied it and uh that extended my right my subject matter my you know uh style of delivery you know I like to throw a twist in some of my pieces but it was it was writing and uh literature because as a, as a freshman you take lit class that's where the poetry thing really came about professionally yeah I want to show off some of your writings styles okay right right about now what i want to do is like i want to say the name of some of your poems Mm -hmm. and after uh i mention the name i want you to recite the poem and then we're going to talk about it after you finish in its entirety i want to hear it in its entirety man listen oh you know what stop when you want to stop Stop when you want to okay. stop, but I I I like to hear them hear everything. But you know maybe that's that that maybe maybe just just go as far as you want to go. Okay. okay, go as far as you want to go with it. You start here. Okay, so I teach. I was told. Teachers aren't created, they are born. I am cut from a different fabric. I guess that's what makes me bona fide, certified. My classroom management is classic. Nonsense is never tolerated. Ignorance is eliminated. Illiteracy is literally a crush the mentally incapacitated. I hate it. When students give up on themselves, I hate it. When students quit before trying, especially when cognitive thinking seems to be losing the battle and intelligence seems to be dying. So I come prepared for anything, ready to push them to their peak. I am the educator extraordinaire with these exquisite essentials I teach. I was told those that can will do. And those that can't will teach. 
Are you kidding me? I do the impossible in my classroom. Most of you can't do me. 180 lesson plans, three objectives on the board, Bobby Bonquisha, Hector, and Kim Lynn, all on the same accord. That's 25 students in my classroom, seven periods a day, one period of two to three parent teacher conferences to make sure we're on the same page. That's 195 students, 15 to 25 parents a week, and I don't accept excuses from either party involved parent or student I teach. I make the profession look good. On all levels, they adore me. Elementary, middle, and high school, alternative, charter, magnet, and Montessori. Students are watching what I do, so I don't take my parents' light. That's why I dress it up like a boss to show them what professionalism looks like. My ensemble is untouchable. My hair and shoes are on the one. It's hypocritical to tell students just professional if we don't show them how it's done. See, when we hear that speech about how poor I am or what I can't afford to purchase. So I step in my classroom looking like a bum. I'm doing my students a disservice. Give me lemons. I make fashionable lemonade. Fashionable lemonade. Refreshing and get magnanimously tasty. Translation, I make thrift stores, Goodwill, Target, and Walmart look like Nordstrom, Saks, or Macy's. See, when you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, the day can be sweet. So my students step in my classroom and look at me. I look like I came to teach. I teach like life depended on it. And incompetence is a cancer. So I'm an oncologist in my classroom, and education is the answer. I teach with passion. I teach with purpose. I teach with wisdom because it's worth it. I teach like enlightenment. It's as timeless as classical music, so every note must be perfect. I'm just scratching the surface. Watch how quick I get deep. Middle of the day, prime instructional time. The principal doing a walkthrough, stuck her head in to take a peek. Lights off. Students' heads were down. You couldn't hear a peep. I lay back in my seat, kicked up my feet. All my students were on point. This was a dream so sweet. The principal crept up close, but before she could speak, I said, do not interrupt my lesson. I'm teaching in my sleep. I'm just playing. I'm just saying. I eat, sleep, and breathe education and I don't have to fill a bus to fluff it up you can look at my evaluations I teach the bottom of the barrel I teach the cream of the crop had a homeschool kid that was homeless so I taught him on the block taught him to remove the mental blocks we put it back together like blocks I told him his mind was a treasure chest and it was time to pop the lock any medium I can mock I can manipulate the clock I find beauty in ambiguity I teach outside the box no people I can't reach and as I close my speech Really deep. You taught me the name of the piece because I teach. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, man, th- this, I don't know what to say, man. Like, Appreciate it, bro. Dude, you, you, you cold-blooded, man. Now, I teach. Obviously, you're a teacher, mm-hmm. so I'm sure that's where the inspiration came from. Mm-hmm. But It's deeper than that. Tell me how deep. Check, so... You know, man, teachers, that's a very, generally speaking, it's a very unhappy profession. They're not happy. They're not happy how they're treated, how administration treats them. Mm-hmm. They're not happy with uh, how the parents treat them. Man, you know, kids can be cruel. Okay. You know, it's a, it's a, I said, man, what if I could write something to charge them up before Eight o'clock in the morning, you know, before that bell ring to get them pumped up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, that's why I wrote the piece. That's why I'm so aggressive. It's so swagged out. Look what I can do. Because as a teacher, that's what we stand in our greatness. Man, stand in the hallway. You can't, you can't. Man, them little dudes. Man, I feel sorry for them dudes. You can't teach nobody you scared of, man. Huh. 
You hiring these clowns, they come in here, they, they just, they just want to check. The bell ring, they don't never get up from their desk. Mm-hmm. I tell teachers, you are where the problem happens. Because if you ain't in front of your door in the hallway, the kids had an opportunity to run wild. Mm-hmm. I teach was a, a, like a, a rally song. You know, that's how I wrote it, with the intention. And then on the uh, merchandising side, you know, I, don't, I didn't record, I teach. You, the only way you can get I teach is if you get it out versus and flow, or versus and flow. The uh, what was what was that TV one TV, yeah, TV one show one versus and flow. Yeah, because I mean they they chose that as the piece that they wanted on the show. But I teach is not an album. It's not a DVD. It's not well. We did do a video, but it's a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, I say, put your superhero clothes on when you come out. To, when you come out the house. I teach. That's what that's about. How hard is it to get rid of a bad teacher? Uh, they got unions in place. They got unions in place and, and, and teachers. Is the know. union where the pro- real problem is? Uh, who's the overseer? Who oversees? I mean, all, all schools and districts are set up differently. For the most part, uh, you know, you got the principal. Now they have associate principals and assistant principals. It's ridiculous. How but the superintendent it. is the principal's boss, right? Right. Now, so how much power does that superintendent has? Yeah, but man, you got to do something blatant. You got, I mean, you got to do something ridiculous for it to go to the board and the superintendent for you to be fired. You know, one, one of the common problems that I always hear from a lot of teachers, and I know a lot of them, they, they tell me all the time that, I know a lot of good ones. Mm-hmm. When they try to implement programs, red type that bureaucracy. will, yeah, that will help the students out. Uh, they got to go to the assistant principal, then they got to go to the principal, then the principal got to go to the superintendent. They they can't get nothing done. They can't get nothing done. It is a circus, bro. Listen, I have a theory. I have no research to prove my theory, but I'll express it simple to you like this. There is a microcosm and a macrocosm. Let's just say the micro is the younger student or the younger version of education, mm-hmm. i.e. the hallway. Let's say the macro is the adult version of education. The adults, the teachers, the, the, the parents, the principals, the administrators. Here's the parallel. That same little girl who dress nice every day, she really don't mess with no boys, she's a straight A student. That's that same teacher that dress nice every day, she don't play with the students, she always got her lesson plans, always got her eyes dotted and her T's crossed. That same athlete dude, he's smart, but he won't apply himself. He only want to play the sport. That's that same coach on that staff who could be great, who probably could take the team to state, but he won't apply himself because he's happy just being a coach. Mm-hmm. That same dude that, you know, he he got the uh, hero complex. He comes off as responsible, usually the taller gentleman or the taller kid in the hallway. He's taller, so he act a little more mature. That's them same dudes in the hallway. 
come to school with that suit on every day, clean, ready. He's smooth. The women love him. But he got, a, he got a relationship with the students. Man, them personalities in them hallways, them same personalities we dealt with in the cafeteria, man, they exist in that boardroom. Mm -hmm. They exist around the superintendent. And don't nobody want to look like you thought of it first. The bully, too. What about the bully? The, the kid that was a bully in high school becomes the bully in an administration. <laughs> yes. There are a lot of bullies, man. There are a lot of bullies, you know, in, in, the, in the administration side of things and, you know, just in the world in general, man. So many people at these jobs where they got bully bosses. But, you, but you know, uh, we're people like us, we don't handle bullies well. Right. Yeah, so I, I really don't get the whole bullying thing. Like, you let somebody bully you, I'd be like, how? How do yeah. you? Yeah, we don't, I think we don't accept We handle them real well. Yeah. We just don't, we don't <laughs> yeah. accept them well. Now, uh, what, what's the biggest, what is the absolute biggest hurdle that you face as a teacher? Damn, there's so many, man. But I say, I say, when we say biggest. If you could start off and eliminate the first biggest hurdle, you can say, okay, I can start making some headway. It's not going to eliminate all the problems, but this would be a good start. Standardized testing. I would, I would eliminate standardized testing. Okay. Because all that they teach is the test. All they're teaching you is how to pass a test. Just to get through the test. Man, we got character, basic skills, spelling, Good sound math. The math we learn will take you through calculus and trigonometry. You just learn to find, yeah. you know. But now, man, they trying to teach you how to see trick questions and all that. Man, teach the kids how to read. Mm -hmm. If you if you become an avid reader, you can decipher the tricks in the in the paragraph and the text. The kids can't even read the test. Because mm -hmm. they're not, they not being taught basic skills, man. The standardized test, I, I, really, I really think that they're they looking for something. I, I think they're looking for, like, the next future leaders of the world. I think it's, it's government hand down or something. Because the tests are ridiculous. Many of them are not valid. You know, tests where you can have two or three answers or... Uh, Tests where they find so many flaws. Man, it was a, a district in California. It's failing me at the time as far as what district it was, but a bunch of kids failed. One parent had the nuts to call him and say, give me a copy of the goddamn test. Man, that man went through that test with a fine tooth comb and found all kind of flaws. This stuff here, man, affected people's scholarships. Mm -hmm. You know, it ain't nothing for me and you to be able to sit up and make a test that the kids can't pass. Huh. Hey, Will. Uh, I'm going to develop a standardized testing measure. Your district's going to purchase it for me, and I'll slide you a little something under the table. Man, all that shit. Bro, I'm going to need to take a breath because I, I feel it. I'm swelling up. All that shit fake. All of it is just... Smoking mirrors, bro. And they playing a game at the expense of them kids. Right. And they get paid at the end of the day. It's all about them getting paid. Side deal. And why side is it hustles. that and why is it that the schools that need the most money get the least money? 
them, them, I would say <laughs> this. I think that those parents that get the most money, those schools, those parents at the board meetings, bro. Those, that, those schools don't get closed down. How they just did Jones, mm-hmm. that ain't going to happen to Bell Out. That ain't going to happen to Lamar. Them, them people go, and they are a part of the decision-making process. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where we, we ail, you know. Well, then, well, ultimately, the board decides, though. Ultimately, the board decides. Even if you and I feel passionate about an issue and we want something to go this way, ultimately, it's the board that makes the decision. So if you got enough representation on that board that says that we don't give a damn how they feel and how much history they have at this school, we don't care how many people are in front of them, we're going to listen to you. Yeah, I understand, ma'am, and you can shout and fuss and cry all you want to, but at the end of the day, we have five votes and you got four votes. Mm-hmm. And we say, shut it down. It's going to get shut down. Man, it, it is all kinds of behind the scenes politics, mm-hmm. you know, side deals being cut, people lacing their pockets. It, it, it is what it is. Right. You know, I don't know what it would take for somebody to, to bust that up. It's a racket. Right. Man, how can education take such a decline in such a short amount of time. It was a short time, wasn't it? <laughs> across the board, yeah. this is not one neighborhood. This is not one state. Our entire Which lets you know it's systematic. <laughs> an entire generation of kids is lost from, from Oregon to Wichita to Florida to Nevada. Everybody. Because mm-hmm. they don't understand that I was testing like this. The kids don't know what they need to know. And they right. get out. Oh, you don't talk to them as how to pass a test. And they get out and they're trying to navigate life with no basic skills, no character, no morals, no values. Let's take a break so we can deep compress. During the break, you were talking to me about this guy named Ron Craft. Mm-hmm. Share that story with my audience. Uh, as a, as a counselor, I had transitioned from the classroom. Now I'm on the counselor staff. So uh, the counselors go through the senior class mm-hmm. from, I mean, every class, that all of their graduation requirements with a fine-tooth comb. If you have a, a caseload of 500 kids, you check their transcript. Like, like checking it once, checking it twice, you know what I'm saying? Kid can have all their credits, straight A's, and not graduate. Ronald Kraft was that kind of kid. This guy, uh, he wasn't a straight A student. He was an average student, BC. Never got any trouble. Student athlete. His mother lost her job at the beginning of the recession. Ronald took an evening job after football practice. He went to football practice. Never missed practice. Mm -hmm. Then went and worked at a grocery store to support the house. I had, Ronald was on my caseload, and I had to tell him, although he had made all good grades, and although, you know, he had accomplished all this, that he could not graduate because he failed that standardized test. Did they allow him to retake it? 
Yeah. So did did, did he was he able to retake it in time to, to walk? Nah, man, because that you don't get that news. It was a week before graduation. Mm. So you done you done told your family to come. You done had your invitations made. All this kind of stuff, man, it just snatched the Forget clock. all that. Doing 13, 12, 13 damn years of grade school. Yeah. One test. Yeah. One test. You don't even have to be the whole test. Man, don't pass one part of that test, the science part. Mm-hmm. Now, here go the insult. Here go the insult. Fast forward four years. Now, they have uh, the status given the campuses the power to put together a committee that will decide if you can graduate or not even if you fail the test uh, what's the criteria they make it up per campus what, yeah whatever they feel whatever they feel we ain't like you have you was honorary one day that you came to school uh, this the insult if that problem was that easy of a fix it was that easy of a fix then. Y'all didn't give a damn. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't have to face that kid. You don't have to face his mother. While, you know, she looking like people coming from out of town and we done prepared out and then you it's not it's not the drug dealer kid. Mm-hmm. It's not the hard head, it's not the knucklehead in the hallway. This the kid that you sent for when you want something done because you know he's gonna be responsible. A test. A test. And then they, you know, I don't want to label some shit. Oh, you're, you're just not a good test taker. Mother, maybe you ain't a good test maker, motherfucker. You hmm. know what I'm saying? Right. But they, who, who going to say that to them? Because, you know, education is such a dignified profession. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, when I, when I feel unfair, I say it. And that, that sunny side come out. That passion come out. You know, because right is right and wrong is wrong. Some motherfuckers call a spade a spade. Right. Man, yeah, education need an entire overhaul, bro. Yeah, d- something definitely ain't right. We all know that. I think we can all agree to that. Let's let's go to this next uh, topic here. Your next poem, the Toy Story. I saw a toy store close. Going out of business is what the sign read, and I said to myself, they boarded up the doors. Damn, kids don't play with toys no more. I saw a toy store close, and I was disturbed that it occurred that kids were putting down toys to pick up herb sacks. And what encouraged that? I think it was the words that were misinterpreted, misappropriated, misplaced. Therefore, our kids have been misguided, miseducated, misshaped, and it makes me miserable. Then I think back to the day when Dr. Dre from NWA would say, because I don't smoke weed or cess, because it's known to give a brother brain damage. And brain damage on the mic don't manage nothing but making a sucker and you equal. Don't, don't be, be another, another sequel. Express, express yourself. Yeah, but after that, he dropped a crime. <laughs> <laughs> and that album was a classic. But who would have thought the repercussions would have been so tragic because the future generation? No imagination stuck behind a cloud of chronic smoke Nintendos, these Xboxes, iPhones, iPads, and Playstations. Hey, I ain't saying that it's right. I ain't saying that it's wrong. But we let kids do anything if they put it in a song. 
I saw a toy store close, and I suddenly started to drift back to all those Christmas mornings when I couldn't wait to open my gifts, the green machine, the sitting spin, the bags of little green army men, or the red and yellow and blue assortment of cowboys and Indians, and then it was Dr. Seuss books, Peter Pan in the land of never. Man, I had a Dukes of Hazzard big wheel with a spin-out level. Pair of drawers, pair of socks, <laughs> ugly-ass sweater, <laughs> of which now I can appreciate because I got to spend my money on it. But then it was right back to the fun. Transformers, Transform, Optimus Prime, and Megatron, and Bumblebee, and Starscream. Man, I had an electric football field with the football teams. And if you had that football field, sometimes you got pissed because there was always that one man and all he'll do is this. Can't forget about Voltron, Five Lions, He-Man, G.I. Joe, Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats. <laughs> Kids don't play with toys no more. And in that instant, my heart began to break. What about jump ropes, jacks, T-sets, and easy baker, viewmaster, and show and tell, see and say, speak and spell. Man, something somewhere seriously went wrong, and we shot our children straight to hell. Now, either we're not aware, or either we don't care. I'm waiting for Barbie to come out with more cleavage and bigger butt and pubic hair. Or maybe, shanananiqua Barbie. She's from the hood. She can't read. Or maybe out of the closet can. Hmm. Who conveniently comes to Steve. <laughs> Can't forget about MTV Barbie and BET Barbie. Her booty cheeks are exposed. She comes with the Mixie Diva, Reaper Platinum Artist, and her own video whole wardrobe, man. I saw a toy store clothes, and it threw me for a loop because innocence is not appealing anymore, and sexiness is cute. He can't be a kid and focus in school because his focus is on the cream. How to get a big body on 26-inch rims so he can grind, shine, and bling. She can't be a little girl anymore. I saw a little girl and a grown man making a flick, and that little girl knew more tricks than the grown mama that I'm with. She had dumps like a truck, truck, truck. Thighs like what, what, what? Baby move your butt, butt, butt in a thong. The thong, thong, thong. Why the hell? In high school, you got on a thong? For what? I ain't saying that it's right. I ain't saying that it's wrong. But we let kids do anything if they put in a song. Look at my baby do the C-Walk. There's no C-Walk C -walk stands for Crip, so it makes that dance gang-related, so that's a little bit more than hip. And then we make an excuse for the way our children behave while the government decides who's going to prison. Looking at the third, fourth, and fifth grade test scores. Third, fourth, fifth. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. They, they project. Man, that system wicked, bro. They project how many prison beds they need looking at the test scores of the kids that's cold-blooded man say you know that little part that you said about barbie and ken and all that that's real man that's coming ken gonna have a boyfriend in a minute and barbie gonna have a girlfriend and some pubic hairs and more cleavage and <laughs> bigger butt ass implants yeah ass implants yeah it's coming yeah it's bro. coming uh you know, well, so so all of that's all of, all of, the innocence is gone. Innocence is almost depleted. So everything is almost gone except Santa Claus. When are we gonna get rid of Santa, Santa Claus? Still hanging on, still hanging on to Santa Claus. Nah, I'm I'm officially done. I ain't fucking with him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I didn't put up nam light Christmas tree. Nothing. Yeah, but you still got a lot, a lot of youngsters that still believe in Santa Claus. You saw the white dude, man, that was in the mall. That, that uh, he went in the mall, and he he told all the little kids that was standing around with their parents to take a picture with Santa Claus that Santa wasn't real. 
He walked in there, boys and girls, I'm here to tell you that Santa Claus is not real. There's no such thing as Santa. He's all made up. Nah. Jesus Christ is this, this, this. Yeah, look it up. That's funny. It's funny. It was funny as hell. That's funny. Nah. A lot of people were pissed about that, though. They were real pissed I, about it. I experienced it firsthand. Yeah. I never forget, man, my little cousin. It's Christmas time. You know, I'm fresh from college, enlightened and shit. You know what I'm saying? Let me school, y'all. You know? right. So... The the gener the, the generation after me, they kids, they happy and shit. And man, just I don't even know what made me say it, bro. I just, in the living room at my grandmother's house, I said, "Yeah, I know ain't no real Santa Claus, huh?" <laughs> man, my grandmother looked at me, bro. If she could, if she could have got to me fast, she would have hit yeah. me, man. Yeah. She just she had one of them. Uh, uh. What 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 was what was the mom on on Good Times? Uh, flow. Flo. She had one of them sad Florida Evans faces. Right. You are the devil. That's <laughs> what she said yeah. to me, bro. My, my uncle, who was like, at the time, he was in his early 60s. Mm -hmm. He had a picture of a white Jesus on the wall. And I walked in and I, and I saw this picture. The first time I saw this picture on the wall, I was like, I said, man, ain't no such thing as white Jesus. And he was like, I said, man, let me take this thing off. I went to reach to check it out. He said, boy, don't you touch that. Don't you touch man. that picture. He said, boy, and he was sick, man. I ain't never seen such, I never seen such uh, anger in his eyes. Like, hey, he was sick. Like, like, we, passionate hey, man, that was the first time we ever bumped head. Man, listen, you know, and it's crazy how deep and hard they will fight. That image of Jesus. Yeah. Remember mama called me one time? You see what they doing? I said, no, what are they doing, mama? They taking Christ out of Christmas. <laughs> I said, uh, where, where is he going? You know the word, Christ. It ain't, it's just Xmas. It's Xmas everywhere. I said, mama, all of this is, is from the Greek and Roman empires. Mm -hmm. You learn your Greek alphabet. The X is Kai. So it's still Christmas. That's they abbreviation. It's a Greek abbreviation. You you're mad. Nobody, no one's systematically removing Christ from Christmas. I said, now if you want to get technical, he wasn't born in the winter months. No way. I mean, we oh, yeah, do it. You starting the whole ah, argument bro. Now. But you know, I had to tell, I said, man, stop. Stop calling me with your, you know. Bible prayers and everything. Cause I let me tell you something. The Bible's the truth. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm finna say this on TV. Oh well. <laughs> the Bible is the truth. The undisputed truth. That's what they say. I told my mama. I said, look, if you told me to go to the store and don't go nowhere else, and I leave for the store, and I stop at J Crib. I stop at Willie Crib, but I don't tell you I come back. Did I, is that the truth? Is that what actually happened? No. That's lying through omission. Y'all have omitted some things out of the Bible. That's why in some spaces it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. So don't tell me it's the truth if it's not the truth. And then when we get into it and breaking it down, it's a, it's a measure of control. 
Mm-hmm. I can't I can't deal, man. I'm you know where I'm at, Will? I'm in a place of awakening. But it's a different it's not it's not, oh, I read this somewhere, so now I'm woke. Man, I'm talking about my spirit, dog, is disturbed. And it's things that I can't I can't listen to or be around or embrace no more. Yeah. I just can't. We about to go heavy. This you was talking about your mother, man. That's a good segue into old school mama. You had one of them old school mamas. Yeah, for real. Break that off for us. She don't tolerate no back talk or chatter. In fact, that's one of the quickest ways to get you smacked backwards. In fact, she's got one of the quickest hands on the planet. She won't blink or hesitate, and she wears that house coat like a cape. We call her Mama, the superhero, always there to save the day. Hit Mama on her hotline and help us on the way. Faster than a speeding bullet, Daddy can say what he want to say. But when he show up, he trying to be cool. When Mama show up, she don't play. Say, Mama, ain't got to say something about nothing when something is wrong. You trying to conceal it. But mama ain't got to say something about nothing when something is wrong. Because mama, mama can, can feel it. it. Hey, yeah. When it's troubling on your way, you're on her heart all day. Mama wait for everybody to go to sleep, walk the floor all night and pray. And when she can't handle it alone, she get big mama on the phone. See, mama knows how to pray, but big mama knows how to moan. You know that Sunday morning <laughs> front pew? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Pray for her to have a safe trip, but then pray till you get back home and then say, let me look at you. Make sure you're all right. Did you eat something? Where you been? Told me a long time ago, you ain't got no friends. I'm your friend. I'm your mama. Your doctor when you're sick. Your lawyer when you need. Gonna be down with one of the people that say that they down with to decide to leave. See, mama got agape love. No prizes. No awards. But if you need proof, she's got the scars. I'm talking about mama. Quick to console, quick to give, quick to listen. But get out of line, she quick to discipline. Mama. Not like these new school mamas that don't say anything when the kid is acting wild. But one of them old school mamas spat a rise, spoil a child. Think you grown, mumble under your breath and say the wrong thing. She come across your face and put your bottom lip on your shoestrings. Mama. Not like these new school mamas that act like the authorities are a threat. But one of them old school mamas that'll give the child a number to CPS. See, new school mamas won't hit you anywhere but on your behind. Old school mamas hit you anywhere but the first thing she can find. You might think that I'm exaggerating or embellishing the facts, but old school mamas would have never let us wear our pants hanging off our ass like that. But these new school mamas' boyfriends dress like children, and I guess they think it's cool, but thank God my mother and your mother from the old school. Word. Hey. <laughs> hey. Say, man. I'm trying to... See, if you were if you were a rapper, mm-hmm. you'd have to be like you'd have to be like a you know a Nas or a, a something some somebody like that's just a great storyteller like uh, Slick Rick or somebody like because the the way you you I mean you make people feel like it really you really really make them. I, you know, I, I try uh, in the in the rhymes. I try. I've abandoned that wheel. Mm. I'm finna uh, start a genre of rap uh, called it's, it's for it's for slow people, slow thinkers. Shit, that's already exists. It's called mumble rap. Oh, oh, they, they gave it a title. Okay, well, <laughs> mine ain't mumbling, but uh, it it ain't. I'm finna debut it for you right here. On Willie D. Live, you ready? This my this my uh 
Can I say the N word? Cause it's my rap. Man, that's what that's what it is. That's what it is. So check it out. I know y'all like that word. So uh, here we go. A nigga went platinum selling chicken wings. Now Jimmy Chan wanna fight me. <laughs> nigga wanna do it, but he can't. Nigga put the ketchup with the ranch at the hot sauce. Nigga, I got that heat on the stove chilling. I'm fish grease hot. Nigga wanna do something to a nigga, but a nigga better tell that nigga something about a nigga, nigga. That's a whole lot of niggas, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, dog. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I mean, I'll be platinum in two weeks. I'll be platinum in two weeks, son. Uh, now, he, he, sign me. Now here's the thing. Now we got we got we got to make we got to uh, clear I'm up. Sorry, something. Dog. We got to clear up something. I don't like the word when it's applied to me. Okay, okay. You know, because I don't call my homies nigger. You know what I'm okay, saying? I don't okay. call my partners that. I don't even talk to my brothers like that. Mm-hmm. When I say it, I really do mean it. Like I, I normally That's like an insult. It's an insult when I say yeah. it. Like normally, if I use that word, it's gonna be. Oh, I'm disgusted. I'm like, snake. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I I use it like that. I think I use it really for like like really damn near for what it was intended. Right. What its original intention was, but uh, that's funny as hell, man. Appreciate that's funny. It, as hell. That, that's funny as hell. Uh, when, when, now, when should we expect this in iTunes? This uh, is, this is going to uh, debut. Uh, uh, it's, it was they just debuted on the yeah, Wendy Live show. We uh, we in the studio right now. Hit me up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hit wheel up. You know what I'm talking about? I'm messing with legends. I'm out here in these streets. I'm, I'm MC Spin. <laughs> <laughs> You, uh, only thing about it, man, you haven't, you didn't do enough. No, no, I'm saying you ain't do enough. No, I'm saying no, I'm talking about you ain't do enough of oh, those. Damn. You gotta get some, get some more. No, no, I'm talking about in there. I'm, I'm, I'm still writing. The album ain't yeah. done yet. You know what I'm saying? That was just listen. And you gotta have a beef. You gotta have a beef with somebody. You gotta have beef with somebody and target somebody that you know ain't gonna bust back. You gotta say something bad about somebody that you know ain't gonna bust back. Like you gotta say something, basically say something bad about somebody that you know really ain't about that life. Uh, uh, I I got that. Okay, I got that certain group of people. I right. got a problem with. You know right. what I'm saying? As an that's gonna that you gonna say that for the release? That's gonna nah, be a nah, surprise. Nah, that's ready right now. See, okay, let me okay. bust it. Down. See, I'm gonna just give you the hook. I'm gonna okay. give you the hook. You show up at my house unannounced. I'm gonna call the police. That go for my girl, my baby mama, and these freaks. It's a cold world, so I'ma call the heat. You show up at my house unannounced, I'ma call the police. <laughs> Rest. That's it. I'm planning. <laughs> nah, bro, I'm serious. I, these, are, these silly ass songs, man. I, I swear to God, man, you could take that damn thing and package it and, and sell a million copies. Bro. I don't know if you might. I don't know if you can sell a million copies, but I know you can fill up a ballroom. Because it don't take much these days. Hey, we're going to take one more break, man, and uh, come back and wrap it up with Seven the Poet. Hey. Okay, I know that we touched on the educational component of our conversation and everything already, but I want to go back because you're such a great teacher, man. And I want you to... Recite this poem that you have called Before the Bell Rings. Before your kids get ready for school, before your kids leave. Before your kids get on the bus, before you reach for your keys. Before your kids set foot in the school, before you do a thing, 
from teacher to parent, let's get some things established before the first bell rings. First, I need a good contact number on you. Your cell phone, your home, or where you work. In the event of an emergency, what am I supposed to do if your child gets hurt? I'm not a bill collector or a bugaboo. Give me the wrong phone number for what? Let's get it understood. Let it be established. This year, the teacher and parent need to stay in touch. We feed your child. Go the extra mile back where we would be. But just like we're supporting you, we need some help from you on your end. Raising a child can be a work in progress, and together any problem can be solved. But the operative word in that sentence is together this year, I need you to be involved. Instead, you wait for something to happen. You show up uninformed and go berserk in the office, acting all ghetto, throwing your hands and yelling at the clerks. And then you run up in my classroom telling me what I'm supposed to do. But the bottom line is I spend more time with your child than you do. You don't want to be bothered at home. You let them play video games and watch DVDs. But please believe video games and DVDs won't teach them how to read. And all that hooping and hollering and huffing and puffing about nothing will get you jacked. You are the first example your child learns from. Now I see why they act the way they act. Cursing like they're grown because you cursed them like they're grown. Make no mistake, I have no say in what goes on at your home. But as for me and the rest of the educators, respect is a standard and no disrespect will be tolerated. Teach your child some manners. Teach your child something about their appearance. And you might think this is rude, but stop coming to the school in that do-rag, that house coat, and them house shoes. And I'm sick of sending project reports and report calls home. She won't sign her return. Then you show up the last week of school asking me why your kid didn't learn. Asking me why your kid didn't pass. Hell, half of the time they weren't in class. And the other half of the time they were tardy because your ass was acting thirsty last night at a party. And on that note, let me remind you that truancy is a crime. I'll tell you once, I'll tell you twice, and I'm going to put the police in your life. So I hope you get the message is not to be ignored. Bell's about to ring. There's silence on the board. <laughs> Woo, man. You cold-blooded, man. You a cold-blooded dude, man. Now, you know what the premise of that is? Every get involved. No, no, parents. no. No, you want to know? Bro, they're are teachers who develop diarrhea, hives, uh, 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 all kind of psychosomatic illnesses the day before the, the day before the school, the day before the, t- the kids get back. When they gotta go back, how you talked about the bullying? Uh-huh. Man, it's people dog that dread to see their principal. They get sick. I well, mean, I'm, man, I'm over here like stunned. Like, yeah. like wow. So I, that's why the name of the song, that's why the name of the poem is before the first bell ring. I'm talking about the first bell of the year. Man, the first bell of the year when them kids finna hit that, you have some teachers have so much anxiety. Man, you'd be surprised at how many educators are on prescription drugs. That's why I wanted you on the show. I wanted you on the show because we always talk about teaching. We talk about education. But... Seldom do we hear it from the horse's mouth, and you know you, you hear a lot of complaining. You hear a lot of you know stuff stuff from the people on the outside looking in. We hear a lot from parents, and you hear a lot from students. But it's it's very important to hear it from the perspective of a, of a an educator. Man, it's not it's not it's not a glamorous profession. Yeah, it's not a glamorous profession. You know what's the saddest part, man? That the administration. And in many cases, the students run off to good teachers. Like, they run off good teachers. I know good teachers who have retired early. Like, when they started seeing it get real bad, uh-huh. they said, you know what? Mm-hmm. 
let me go ahead on and, and, and collect, you know, what's owed to me, man, and get on out of here. You know, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But, you know, I, I just want to rephrase it. They really don't run them teachers off. Those teachers decide that they deserve better, and they leave. When, you know, you're not being treated properly, where you a class at? You're not going to let nobody talk to you any kind of way. And you're lethally intelligent. Man, some of these people, they're genius. Genius. You won't give them support on the hallway. You know. Now, what do you mean by support on the hallway? Man, I, like, I, like I was saying earlier, you know, when the bell rings, some some districts or schools will mandate that the teacher is at the door to greet the kids. Some people don't. When that bell rings, if you at your door, you, you, you at a position of control and power, not only to assist the, the team, your teammate, which is the other teachers on the hallway, you know what I mean? But I get to look in you the eyes. regulate. Man, I can look yeah. in the eyes of everybody that passed through my door. Right. So, so if Jay got a look on his face and this is not how he come in class, hey, right here, keep on greeting everybody. I can shut that door, man, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. Are you okay? But when you won't even get off your ass to go see about the kids, these people coming to listen to you. They respect your intelligence enough that you're finna give them something that they need. And you sit on your ass like that. And your squad members, your team, the people on the highway, them people that will come to their door, that's where the fight always break out. That's mm-hmm. a classroom where you can find the people skipping or the dudes sleep. Because you have to be active. It's an old school saying, teach on your feet, not from your seat. Huh. You know what I'm saying? Man, you got to. The the problem don't have. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm tripping. Man, I just, man, I just had a vision, man. Like, I just think about all the teachers that affected me the most. Taught on their feet. They stood up. They didn't just sit. Right there. They was. You at, the, in- at the desk. They were standing and they, they were on their feet most of the time. Like at least a at least a good amount of time, they were on their feet, standing up. They were standing up and did wow. And, and, think and about they worked it. that classroom. They walked that classroom. <laughs> they, they stood outside that door. And, and let me say this: Wow. When you when you came through education, when you came through education, was a dignified profession. If yeah. you were a, a black educator in the black community, I mean, you were revered. Yeah. Who'd you come? Who'd you come next to, the the preachers, or the lawyers, or the doctors in the community? You were upper echelon. Mm-hmm. Not no more. Now, 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 little baby mama, this broad up here in house shoes, she want to fight the teacher. I'm telling your kids, we're gonna have a non-violent, welcoming environment, and his mama. Come up here in some cutoffs 
and, and want to insult me and belittle me and negate my authority all due to her misunderstanding. Who stands to gain what? Now, I ain't saying all the teachers perfect. Yeah, some parents got to check some teachers mm-hmm. on some bullshit. But, hey, man, as adults, it's a way to do that respectfully. Because mm-hmm. after you, I get my daddy to beat your ass, and then your daddy show up to the school. Man, I beat your motherfucking ass. How you supposed to respect me? Right. You just shot yourself in the foot, dog. Because now I got to try to show or prove to your child again that there is some value in what I'm saying. Man, how do you regulate this damn cussing in the hallways? Like, I, I went up to a school, man, and I felt like the damn teacher. Uh, you know, I felt like I had to, 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 to hammer down on some of them youngsters. Man, I'm walking down the hallway at one of the high schools out here in Houston, man, and the kids just walking up and down. Bitch, motherfucker, bitch, I'll be a whole ass. Yo, 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 come here. Right. I just started regulating right off the bat. Right. And guess what? They respected it. They respected it, man. It's like, the, you're right, you can't teach from, from a position of fear. Man, you can't. You can't. And think about it. The dude that's 6'2", I mean, fuck you. He just passed in front of the teacher. She's not even going to say nothing to him. Hell, sometimes he's saying fuck you to the teacher. But watch this here. Watch this here, though. I mean, I ain't no little dude, but I ain't no big dude. Never had none of them problems, Will. Never. It's how you carry yourself, though. It's all about how you carry yourself. But listen, though, no, this is the crazy part. They teach them, they teach you how to carry yourself. Classroom management mm-hmm. is part of the criteria to be a certified educator. They teach you sound classroom management skills. So, so how did he spin out of control? One, you know, you got the, that uh, wealthy situation. You know, if you were private school, I hey, I paid this much a year for my for my body, and that's so them kids get away with murder. In the public school system, it's about who you know in that administration, and then after a while, it just snowball. Everybody doing it. I mean, as far as the cursing is concerned, I do see. I do think that that is one of the biggest problems. Is that. One kid may not that he may not even be built like that, but he show up at school and he see everybody cussing and going on. So he gonna he just join right on in. He gonna rock with it. Yes, but, but you got to find it peculiar that even in that environment, there are certain teachers that never write anybody up. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Cause they cause them kids don't come in there and play with them. Man, I, I wrote one kid up, dog, in 16 years. I wrote one kid up in 16 years. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I wrote that kid up is because he said he was going to kill another student. And based on the research we had, he was often unsupervised. Well, you had to write him up. I mean, I'm sure that's, that's part of the uh, 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 policy. Yeah, that's part when of they, policy. When they threaten, exactly. you know, a, a bodily harm, bodily harm or injury. Right. Yeah, so I was following policy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And his mama came with the mad. Ma'am, do I believe your dude was Napoleon complex? Man, this dude was four feet tall. Do mm-hmm. I think he going to do something? Not really. I ain't scared. I don't know, man. Most of these killers are short. Under right. average. That's under average height. But th- most of your killers and most of the people they kill are above average height. Hey, you know how that go, though. That, that, that's, that's, 
classic hood one-on-one. Scary people will hurt you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, you got to watch scary people. You know, I think one of the curriculums that's missing, one of the biggest curriculums that's missing, what two? They need to bring vocational skills back into the, to the schools. Many of these schools don't even have vocational courses. They're not teaching kids to, you know, well, I, I won't even say vocational courses. I would say, like, entrepreneur. Like, our kids need to become entrepreneurs. They need to start trying, you know, they need to start learning the skills to, to own their own companies, to build their own empires and stop just going to get a good job, going to get an education, get a good job, so that somebody, they can sit around and wait on somebody to hire them. The second thing that I think that needs to be, uh, uh, the second curriculum that I think that really, this is very important and needs to be implemented is conflict resolution. You know, many of us got a problem when we have a problem. We, we have a problem trying to resolve our differences. We, you know, we, we settle, I was raised to settle conflict with fists and guns and insults. That's how I was raised, that's what yeah. I saw. I cannot agree with you more on the conflict resolution. Watch yourself. I want to go back to the vocational thing. Mm-hmm. The, on the vocational side, that's not the case, Will. They have CTE. CTE has more money than most of the departments put together. But it's not vocational like when we were in school. It's not woodshop. It's not auto mechanics anymore and they still have that man they got robotics classes they have uh maritime classes but you in high school they teach you how to sell and build but are these are these courses being taught in public schools yes yes but we're not in them we trying to test out our people Mm -hmm. specifically you know uh we're not taking advantage man over there across that uh, ship channel man galena park they got some do you know you can come out as an ase certified mechanic man i saw some kids break down a viper and put it back together yeah flawlessly yeah and going and going back going back i mean i know i, I did backtrack and say you know we need more you know entrepreneur and i think that we do need to teach our kids to to own their own businesses and stuff but yeah. they need skills you know they need skills if you got a skill if you have a skill you can pretty much guarantee right. yourself right. work to be able to provide for your family if right. you have a skill you know being on the streets doing any kind of little hustle that that makes you have to watch your back is not going to last long that is a very very short that that is very short, short term goal. Like I mean, yeah. it, it, you're not going to have long term success, you know, hustling backwards. That's not going to work. Now the thing is science, technology, engineering, and math. They call it STEM. The STEM programs are ridiculous, bro. Mm-hmm. You talking about public education linked into NASA, public education linked into all, and Apple. These corporations are coming in looking for these talented kids who are thriving in the science, technology, engineering, and math uh, field. Mm-hmm. It's like they, like a, a breeding ground, like the Matrix. 
They pluck the live ones and, and keep it rocking. Now, I think they, they should probably add some diversity to what entrepreneurship is. Stop telling this dude he can't be a, a music mogul. But you can't have no, no clown teaching a class because he was a choir director somewhere. You know what I'm saying? You need somebody that really understands music industry. If this kid is uh, a visual artist, teach that kid how to uh, do his taxes and how to monetize and market and, you know, those kinds of things. Man, like I say, the Internet, these kids could make so much money on the Internet. Are there really internet classes? No. Monetization yeah. of the internet. They just take it for granted that the kids know. You know? Yeah, I, I think we should get more heavy-handed also on, on politics. Uh, you know, politics, politicians, man, they run every facet of life. Everything you can yeah. think of, you know, a politician has basically written a law. They got their hands in. And a lot of times, you know, you look at these people, and you, you overlook them. You know, many of them you know, don't look like much, but they run. They, they decide your quality of life. You know, many of these people are very unassuming, but mm -hmm. they got more power. You got that little judge that's five feet, six inches tall, mm -hmm. square, corny looking, didn't get no girls in high school, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> was totally unpopular. He gets to uh, sit on that bench and he's the end all be all he sits on that bench and he decides the way uh people's quality of life is going to play out mm -hmm. over the next five years 10 years 20 30 40 whatever 50 years he gives somebody this whatever he wake up when he wake up he decides you know what i'm gonna give you 60 years Pop! now he got about. more power than any Think of any dude with, that can lift 500 pounds, 600 pounds, got the most respect in the gang. He got two kills, five kills under his belt and all that. He ain't nothing. He ain't jack compared to that judge sitting on that bench, that little five feet, six inch dude who is totally unassuming, didn't get no action in high school, no action in middle school, elementary, everybody overlooked. And he got all the juice. And then we're not even getting to the part where we're talking about all these lobbies and all of that type of stuff. I will say this. You, you, you made the point about conflict resolution. Education, man. When police approach me, it is, I, I make it distinctly clear. I'm smarter than you. Handle me accordingly. Mm -hmm. I, I intimidate. Distinctly clear without being condescending to them. Because yeah, if they think you are trying to be an asshole, they think you're trying to be a smarty pants. They don't. They might apply that pressure. Well, let's go back to that felony. When they put mine in the computer, it's like we'll engage. I ain't telling no jokes, pimp. Here's my information. We'll engage, huh? We'll engage. Huh. I don't think I would want that shit to pop up on mine, man, when, they, when they pulled me it. over. Like, we'll engage. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, I ain't happy about it, but that was that's right. a song. Peace out. Man, I know you got to go, man, but I, I really do got to hear this last poem, man. Let's go to a break right quick, and then let's come back, and I need to hear that stand-up, man. All right, all I got to right. hear stand-up.
Araya. Okay. You are you ready? Okay. Okay. Stand up. <clears throat> break it down. I, I spit and then I do break down. Break it down. Yes. We'll spit and then break it down. Yeah. I, I was on the back row, back pew, bottom of the barrel, ends of my rope, filthy, looking for the soap, guilty. Gluttonous, addiction at its ugliest. Couldn't manage to pump my brakes, but I know I was tired and had enough of it. Lust, lies, and gossip. Whatever you want, I know what they got it. Sex, drugs, streets, and money, I seem to lean toward those topics. And I can speak on shiny wheels, popping pills, chief and kill. Popping pills, even the late night hype after our strip club thrills. Oh, it's real, but I really feel a lot of times something is wrong. Sometimes certain things don't sit right in my soul and inside of me something's going on. And I can't take some of these preachers serious. I swear, I see demons in their spirit. And spiritually, instead of taking me where I need to be, he's just talking too loud and taking it too far. I'm trying to find salvation. Jesus and Satan in my head having a tug of war. Yeah, he preaching a sermon. He done said a lot, but ain't said enough to get me to do something so simple as just stand up. You know what I'm talking about? When you want to lift your hands up, how to praise, but this is as far as they'll go. When you want to get out your seat, go and join church, but something keeps telling you no. And I don't know why it seems so hard. Yeah, it's awkward, but it's odd. Some of us will get up in the middle of the night and drive across town for sex, but can't take a couple of steps for God. Man, you better stand up. We drop $5, 10 $20 or more to get high. Complain about being broke, but let the orphan play pass us by. Drop a couple of prayers here and there just to get by. You under attack in the back, can't get ahead, and you wonder why. You think if you stand up, it's incriminating. It's an automatic confession, but you worried about what we think so you sitting there missing your blessings but simply put you can't worry about everyone else come get a one-on-one with god for yourself just stand up and we call ourselves men but when it's time to man up he just talk he ain't man enough to do something so simple let's just stand up so if you call yourselves men the man i'm calling you out because this man shall let no man stand between me and the blessings god has for my house stand up sweet sister sister did you ever consider that mr might not be well liked by your family and your crew but mr knight not be acting right because mr ain't Mr. Right for you. But who, how could he be right for you when it seems all you do is move through relationships and dudes based on the approval of your crew? And since your girl said he was cute, you slept with him when you knew he didn't care. But if you're tired of waking up the next morning and find out, finding yourself there, stand up for your integrity. Look at the situation objectively. Examine the role you played. And stop letting these clowns treat you so disrespectfully. And if you're tired of being there, if you truly had enough, baby girl, all you got to do is stand up. If it seems like the weight of the world is on your shoulders because you're drowning in debt, it ain't one thing, it's another. We living check to check, scared to answer our phone, bill collectors breathing down our necks. We got a headache, chest pains, and sleepless nights all related to stress. Well... It would be easier for us to breathe if we weren't so easily influenced by greed. He'd open up a window and pour out a blessing that there wouldn't be room enough to receive. Instead of asking God for something every time you hit your knees, why don't you try giving him thanks for already giving you everything that you need? Because honestly, God has already given us more than enough. Some of us can't count our blessings and acting like we're too good to stand up. Don't envy mine. Don't envy my shine. I guarantee you I'm far from perfect. But the reason I shine is because I'm standing in line with my purpose. God put me here to do a service, and it's because I'm in that divine alignment. Instead of trying to keep up with the Jones, I'm trying to stay on top of my assignments. See, everybody has a part to play. Everybody has a role. But why would I want what someone else has, everything that good as ain't gold? And what's for me is for me. And what's for you is for you. Funny how we want what someone else has but don't want to go through what they had to go through.
go through might not be able to handle what they had to go through. That's why what they have is out of our reach. But if you want what God has for you, come to your feet right now and stand up. And when God doesn't answer our prayers immediately, we have the nerve to get mad. We ask a million dollar blessings, but won't give up our trash. Man, I can go on and on and on. It's I appreciate you, man. Million dollar blessings, give up your trash. It's there it year. is. There it is. So where, where did that come from? Man, was I, it a, I, like a particular incident, the incident that made you say, you know what, I need to write this down? Yeah. And I don't know if it's arrogance. I don't know if it's just outright stupidity. When I was in the streets, you know, you staying in grandma's house, you're you going to go to church. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's part of the, the deal. Right. But I sit in that back. I know I'm finna get high when I leave here, steal some cars, sell some dope, you know what I'm saying? Man, and I remember that lifestyle. Well, one day I look up and I'm on the front row, shouting, hallelujah, and caught that back row, glance out the, out the, out my, out the corner of my eye, my peripheral. I say, ugh, man, I remember that pain. Man, wow. I remember that pain, that sickness. When I when I would be so willingly to to kill for what I thought was justified, man, I said, nah, nah, I'm gonna get them up here. This arrogance. God don't need you. But this is what I said, peep this, man. I'ma get them up here. I want them to feel this up here. This joy, this happiness, this peace. Man. So I say, the only way I'm going to get them up here, I got to talk about their pain. The only way I'm going to be able to talk about their pain, I got to experience their pain. God, take your hands off me. Master, that's the stupidest will. So technically, the technical function of the poem is to get you to pass the first step. The first step is the hardest. And that's when you're sitting down. That's why the poem's called Stand Up. So now, I struck a nerve, struck a course, I got you on your feet to just come, you know, and start the process. The cleansing or whatever, salvation. Yeah, man, so I, I, I wanna feel that pain. Bro, I lost everything. I was so miserable, I forgot that I asked. Wait, wait a minute, are you saying that you, went, you, you got all the way up to the front on the first pew, mm -hmm. got your life together, mm -hmm. found God. Mm -hmm. You look back and you saw on the back row that people had not gotten what they needed to be, had not found their salvation. Mm -hmm. So in order for you to bring them to the front row, you said, let me fall back off this grace and get back in the streets. Not and get back in the streets. Let me, let, me, let me feel that suffering. Let me feel it. So when you say you, you had to feel it, you had to take your mind, you sound about mentally you had to take your mind there? Man, I, I really didn't consider that much. All I know is what followed. Right. The car. Did you start hanging out with people that was on the back row? Nope. So how do you allow yourself to lose everything? Man, I was out hustling. Katrina. Katrina had just hit. Essence was here. 
I was hustling around the clock. Fell asleep behind the wheel, ran my F-150 into a brick wall on West Ham, went through the windshield. Okay, so you was hustling, but you found God, but you were still hustling. Yeah, promoting. Okay, when you say hustling, you got to let me know what kind of hustling okay, you're okay, talking my about. Bad. My okay. bad, true, true. Right. So, essence is here. So, I take on, you know, a promoter role. I'm going to throw a concert. I'm going to throw a party. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do So, I'm, you know, this is what, 2005, flyers are still big. You know, yeah, we got the e-blasting e- and all that. But I'm out in the club mm-hmm. and not sleeping. Lost my vehicle. I was down to a bike. I was on tour. You say Brian. a bike, a motorcycle, or a bicycle? Ten speed, bro. Okay. I was on tour with Brian McKnight. I had just bought my first home. I didn't know. I didn't know I needed a house sitter. I didn't know what those be. I didn't know anything because my family don't own nothing. Man, I came back. Let's just. Long story short, the house is in foreclosure. And because I didn't even have representation when I went out on the road, my contract wasn't right. I came home broke. I went I ain't had no per diem. I was just living on the road. Yeah, man. So but how do you make that connection? Because it doesn't sound like you did any anything, you know, it, it I came home d- from the road. I said, I came home from the road. My chick said, I need to be around money left me car yeah I had one of those the car the house <laughs> the girl gone in a matter of months but how, but how, but I'm saying how do you make wanting to feel their pain responsible for you being in that condition I requested it oh. I requested it okay I so right. I could feel their pain right and then you didn't know it was gonna come like that I didn't though. know it was gonna come right and he hit me he hit me the best place you can. He took my independence. Mm-hmm. Take, take, take a man independence, he gonna find God. Mm-hmm. That's all he got. That's all he got. The phone call came from Terrence Johnson from High D. He said, seven. I'm doing a series on the seven deadly sins. The ink wasn't even dry when the phone rung. Assignment was over. And that's how it happened. Mm-hmm. The poem is written, technically written, as an altar call. Right. That's what I felt. Yeah. Man, you know, that's, I've heard a lot of poems. I had water in my eyes, man. I had tears in my eyes when I, after, when, when I first heard that poem. I was like, whoa. If you, I disguise. That's heavy. That that poem is heavy, man. It's not preachy. It's churchy. But if you look at it, it's all the seven deadly sins. Yeah. I talk about gluttony. I talk about greed. I talk about wrath. When God doesn't answer our prayers immediately, we have nerve to get mad. Wrath. Mm-hmm. It's the seven deadly sins. That's all the poem. That's all, that's 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 what that poem is about. Wow. Yeah. But people, it it don't. I ain't yelling at you. You sinning. You going to hell. I just. And really what I did, I just showed you my shit. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of people going through the same shit. Ladies and gentlemen, Seven the Poet. 
Say, hey. man, look here, man. How can the people get in touch with you if they want to work with you or they want to book you? Or um, man, all my social media is the same. Seven the poet. S E the number seven E N T H E P O E T at seven the poet. If you put it in any search engine, it'll come up. There are several phone numbers uh, mm-hmm. to get in contact with me. Uh, Kim, my assistant, uh, Neil Addison, my manager, and you can catch me uh, every Friday out Dolce Ultra Lounge Bistro, and then on Sunday nights I'm over here at the engine room. Downtown Houston, uh, one of the longest running poetry spots, weekly poetry spots yeah. uh, in the world, 17 yeah. years. Real talk, y'all. Every, every chance I get, I try to get out there. Um, so if, you, if you're checking out the show, I mean, if you're from, if you're from, you're from Houston, then you already know. But if you're outside uh, these city limits and uh, you want to come to Houston, you want to find something to do, if you're in town when Seven is playing, man, y'all make sure y'all go check them out. I can guarantee you. You will not be disappointed. Well, y'all, it's been a pleasure. It's been a thrill to let you know how I feel. Hey. Some make grit and picture fit, but the watch on my wrist say that's all you're going to get. Hey. Until next time. Until next time. Y'all be good. If you can't be good, be great. No more talk. Uh-huh.